Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Because of Jesus podcast. Um, If you don't mind, please remember to like and subscribe to this podcast. Also, leave a comment and do us a favor and share it with a friend. Um, We want to get it out there, some great content. And let's get started. You sound like Medea when you open up. You say, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but it was good. It was good. Also, Jessica, um, she was watching the 49ers Monday night. <laughs> That's I know you, everybody was texting. You know, then, uh, she felt bad for you, but she also thought that they were playing the Ravens. And I had a reformer they were playing the Vikings. So a lot, a lot a lot's been going on this week. Anyway, hey man, thank you for uh, joining with us today. Also, the, the first time that you were w- with me uh, with the Esther series, we got a lot of feedback of people wanting you to speak. So oh. the good news is that we're planning for you to do a service on a Wednesday night coming up and where you'll be sharing the word and uh, you've preached before. That's not new to you. No. Uh, that's part of your your uh, what you bring to the table. Um, and I've said this before at times, we've probably held you back somewhat on some things. But as our church, I believe, is at the right place now. I think um, it's full speed ahead, man. And, and so we're excited to maximize your full anointing and your full uh, potential. And so I'm excited about that. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, I love too. serving with you. And um, appreciate all you're doing, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm loving it. Yes, sir. I'm loving it. Is that McDonald's? <laughs> it is. We just pulled all the stops out today. <laughs> hey, guys, chapter six closes with Esther. Uh, we've been talking about God on display here with Esther, the sovereign hand of God. And when chapter six closes, Brother Russell, what we have is uh, Mordecai being led around by Haman, the enemy of Mordecai, the enemy of Esther, the enemy of the people of God. He is leading uh, Mordecai around. Haman is, excuse me, is leading Mordecai around saying this is how the king honors people who do good by him. It is a divine reversal. It is a divine turnaround. Um, And it shows us not to give up on things because God's not finished. God's not finished. God's at work. And so as chapter 6 closes, we see that now Mordecai's being blessed for what he did in chapter 2. And then when you open up chapter 7, I call this the unveiling. This is the all the cards are laid at the table. Everybody lays their hand down. There's no more secrets. There's no more whispers. There's no more innuendos. We're about to find out what everybody's holding. We're about to find out who everybody really is. And so what happens is this Brother Russell is at the second banquet. We have Haman. We have the king. Uh, we have Esther now coming to the table. And this is the place where Esther is now going to finally ask the king what she desires or give request. The king asked her again, what is it that you want? I'll give you up to half of my kingdom. Mm-hmm. And this time she, she, she tells him, she says, I want my life to be spared and I want my people's life to be spared, verse 3. And I think the king, and I, and I, I said this last week, Brother Russell, he's so unaware. He is such a fleshly, earthly, human king. He's not our king. Yeah. Our king's fully aware. Our king's working on our behalf. Our king opens the door, and I love the scripture that says that we can come boldly to the throne of grace, wherefore we can obtain mercy. Well, the king we have here as Xerxes is not that king. And so he's almost taken back by her saying that. And then verse 4, as we talked about this in verse 4, she says, I want to petition for my people. Notice her words there, Brother Russell. True men and women of God, um, this is so foreign to a lot of the the movement that you and I come from where we're always asking for ourselves. But true Christians, we should be petitioning for others. She said, for my people. She said, they have been sold, not only sold, 
there's three things she mentioned. She said, they've been sold that they may be killed, uh, slaughtered, or destroyed, and annihilated. She even makes this strange reference, and you and I have talked about this in private. She said, you know, it was one thing if they'd have been sold just into slavery. And slavery for us, especially here in the South, we're fully aware of that and, yeah. and the horrors of it. But I think the reason she mentions that is because even with slavery, there was time for a turnaround, even, even though how terrible it was, horrific it was. What she was saying is that there's not even a chance for my people. This, There is a decree, there's an edict set out by a man who wants to kill and destroy my people. Now, please jump in here, Russell, with me. That's what Satan wants to do. Notice that. She says, she says, kill, destroy, and annihilate. What does, what does the New Testament say? He, kill, the enemy wants to? Corrupt. Come on, man. Steal, kill, and destroy. Is it not the same? Yeah. yeah. It's been it the is. plan from the garden, man. Yeah. Right? Yes, sir. Preach there. If you want to preach, preach. I'll take the seat back right here. No. <laughs> I mean, you're you're on it. That's, that's exactly, that's his whole plan. Well, it's All flowing time. better this week. Last week with John Mark, I, I had to work through a lot because John Mark was <laughs> no, no, kidding. No, kidding. But it is flowing today because that's what the enemy, it's yeah. the same plan from the jump is to kill steal and destroy and so she tells the king she says there's people that are after me and after my people and the purpose and the aim is still the purpose of the aim satan wants to kill my children destroy my children annihilate my grandchildren that i don't have but i'm saying my future he wants to steal my future and it's never changed it has never changed in verse four and so she comes clean before the king. And, I, and I, I said this to you in private. She recognizes that their destiny is her destiny, yeah. that her destiny is not separated from her people, right? Yeah. And as a pastor, my destiny cannot be separated from the congregation. As a believer, as a Christian, for such a time as this, I cannot be separated from the hurts and the pains and the injustice of the people that are around us. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, I love shouting. I love this Pentecostal worship. Don't get me wrong. You know, but if we're only showing up to shout and dance and we don't carry out and we don't see the hurts of our, our region, our community, across the tracks, in South Carolina, in the South, around the world, uh, it's why we take up offerings for Hawaii. It's why we take up offering um, for orphans like we did yesterday. And also, it's why we raised $20,000 this week for Israel. Um, because we recognize that the kingdom is bigger than us. It is. Come on, man. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, that's been your heartbeat all along, that that you and I, that God put us together in such a strategic way. From We didn't even know each other, but because we recognize that the kingdom is bigger than us. And then yeah. you also... You you don't be an obedient Christian if you don't carry out the gospel Come on. into the earth because he also says that um, you know them by their fruits. Yes, sir. And um, one of the fruits is being obedient and producing spiritual fruit. A lot of us, when we're just shouting, and I'm like you, I love to worship. I love sure, to shout. And I sure. love to dance. But just doing it in these four walls, um, what does who does that benefit? Because sometimes it can be even done in pride. Yes, sir. And, which which we're gonna find out with Haman in a few, <laughs> in a few minutes. But you're, you're right; it becomes prideful that my worship's better than yours, yeah. my denomination is better than yours, my church is better than yours, yeah. and God's not about any of that. None of it. It's a kingdom mindset. That's it. You know, I always tell people in our staff meetings. You know this, and, and and we do good with this here. But if I can't celebrate your victory, if I've got to tear you down to exalt my ministry, yeah. I don't really have a ministry. That's it. I have a business. Yeah. I have a prideful business. Um, I have a secular mindset that has engulfed our church. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. 
And so, she, so very plainly, for time's sake, we move forward. But I, I love this point, Brother Russell. She says, King is my people. My people are hurting. This is the unveiling. This is where she comes clean and all this is done. Verse 5, he would say, he said, well, who did this? And once again, Russell, it shows how unaware that he really is. And then she comes clean and she said to him, it's Haman. It's wicked Haman. Well, that's who the king put in power. That's the second man that was in charge. So the king is full of rage. He is full of hatred or madness so much that he runs out of the room. He flees the room because he's mad that his man has been working behind his back to wow. destroy his queen. Wow. And, and man, you got you about to mess me up here. When we have to work in darkness to do what we think are the holy things of God, hmm. my God, I feel his presence. Those are not the holy things of God. No. That's good. When we have to whisper in the night, when I have to cut your back to get my promotion, Wow, uh, and I, I'm telling you, I feel, I feel that I don't know who this is going, who's going to hear this or where this is going, but I feel it. I feel it in my soul. When when I have to tear down my friends to get on a board, when I have to destroy your integrity, you know, well, Russell, he really is good, but did you hear about him when he was 17? Did yeah. you hear about what he went through? <laughs> when we have to do that, yeah. that's the flesh. It is. That's not the spirit of God. And so, man, I, I'm I'm telling you, I'm big on this. Um, the dark things that we do in the night, they still come out in the light. There is an all-knowing God who sees, not to embarrass us, but so we are corrected before we do, uh, you know, exhaust our life and end up in hell. You know mm. what I mean? Oh, yeah. And so I, I think that's beautiful there. So so the king now, though, is aware, and she makes him aware. Well, the funny thing is, Russell, when he runs out, Haman now, who was an authority, bow, bows down. And remember, he was upset because Mordecai would not bow down. Well, now he falls at the feet of Esther. They they sit on couches in that culture. You know, yeah. we, we sit on chairs and table, but they sit on couches. So he falls on where, where she was on that couch. Tradition says he grabbed her ankles. I can't prove that. But I know he was at her feet. And I know that it was enough for the king to think that he was harming her. Oh, wow. King runs yeah. back in and the king said... So you've been doing it behind my back, and now you don't respect me enough that you would harm my queen in my presence. Won't, won't he do it? Yeah. Won't Won't God expose? Oh yes. Oh man. For sure. He will expose the things that are behind the scenes at the right time. So then immediately, Brother Russell, a eunuch speaks up. The king said, "I'll take care of you." And a eunuch, I think his name was Harbona. Uh, if I'm pronouncing that right, but I think I'm correct here. He said, I tell you what, King, I know where there is a gallows 75 foot high that was built to put a man impaled on, Mm. not to hang him, but to impaled. And if you want to kill this man, Haman, (laughs) I know where you can find a gallows. You remember who built that gallows? Oh, yeah. It was Haman himself. Haman himself. Haman himself. You talking about sowing and reaping? <laughs> so what you have now in chapter 7 at the unveiling, all cards are placed on the table. And what you have, what you have is what Satan meant for evil. God is turning that thing around for wow. good. And the, what he built to, man, come on, help me preach. Wow. What he built to destroy you, God is now letting him fall to his own work, his own devices for such a time as this. What Basically the same grade you dug for someone else. You 
you fall. Is that not Galatians 6 and that's 7? A, that's amazing. Is that not when Paul said God's not easily mocked? For, wow. for whatever a man soweth, he, he also shall reap. That shall he reap. You know, so we, we 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 plant corn seed in the ground and and we we wait for um, cucumbers to come out. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, we're so spiritually ignorant. It, it drives me mad at times. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, you you sow you sowed this. Wow. Don't stand around waiting for something else to happen. You sowed that in anger. You sowed that in the flesh. Wow. What do you think you're gonna reap? Wow. Bible said, if you reap of the flesh or sow in the flesh, you'll reap of the flesh. Yes. So in the spirit, what does it, what does it say? You'll reap of the spirit. You'll reap of the spirit. And so, and so that's what you have. And so in, in closing, I'm going to just mention three things and we'll close here. But this to me is full circle. This is not only Mordecai being blessed in six. This is Esther at the right time putting all the cards on the table. So nothing is no longer hidden. And now the enemy, he falls prey to his own gallow that he built. And it shows us we don't have to fight our enemies on the terms that he dictates. We have to walk in the spirit and do what God's called us to do. And remember, Russell, that there is still a God that fights our battles. Yes, he does. Amen. So let me mention this real quickly. I want to be careful that Haman's counsel. In chapter 6, when it closes, Haman's wife, after he leads Mordecai around, you know what she tells him? I want you to know that this Jewish man now is in power. And you won't be able to overthrow him. It is useless now. Well, that was the same counsel that told him, how dare you let this man continue to disrespect you. Hmm. Be careful who you listen to. Be careful that your inner circle is, is, is who needs to be in your inner circle. Oh, yeah. Amen. I, I love everybody. I've got a lot of preacher friends. i got a small circle. It is a small circle. It's a circle that I can call one of my brothers and go, Man, I'm doing good today, but the Lord spoke to me about something in your life. It's also a small circle where I can call them and go, man, I'm struggling with a sin in my mind, and I need you to pray for me. Right. And they're not going to condemn me to hell or, or think that I've backslidden. I trust them enough to know that I can go to them instead of dealing with myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the inner circle that gives me sound advice. I have an inner circle that would say, Neil, I don't know if this is a good idea. You know, you, you you know, I was wanting to do something recently, and I had two friends who I thought would say, "Man, this is awesome." Both said, "You need to think about this." And so, with the second one, I thought, "God, what are you trying to tell me?" So be careful, because Haman's counsel, his inner circle, they changed it their tune, right? Mm-hmm. Two, Haman's pride. At the second banquet, Haman is prideful, but Bible said that pride goes before a fall. <laughs> Haman's in trouble because he's upset because Mordecai wouldn't bow. Wow. You know what I mean? You know this about me, Brother Russell. I believe in giving honor where honor is due. But I it despise, I am, I, 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 I'm stumbling my words here. I, I give honor to those over me. I give honor to preachers and singers. But I have low tolerance for people who claim to be full of the Holy Ghost and, and cannot serve other people. Serve. And they demand things that are, you know, you know, they get upset with us because we invite them to speak, but because we had purple grapes instead of green, then they can't, they can't go on on time. You know you know what I say? Just wow. sit down. Yeah. We got more than the people already here. Right. You know what I mean? Now, and I understand if we did something intentionally, you know? Right. But if you can't go sing because the grapes are not the right color, wow. go back to the ballroom and sing then. Right. You know? Right. You know? <laughs> so, I'm, anyway, I'm getting way out there. So anyway, pride goes before a fall. And then lastly, sowing and reaping. Uh, once again, uh, what Hamas sowed, he now reaps. And so, 
I want to encourage people today. There's always an unveiling where God allows everything to be seen. And then the righteous people of God stand tall because good will not be defeated. Evil will not triumph. For such a time as this, if I perish, I perish. But nevertheless, God will raise up a voice in the people to stand in that day, and God will spare us and fight our battles. Amen? Amen. Anything else you want to say? No, everything you said was amazing. It's a great lesson for sure. Man, I hope it blessed somebody. I, it blessed me today. I don't know if it blessed anybody else. It blessed but, me. <laughs> and so, it, but th- this is this is the victory. This is the unveiling. Um, this is where God rewards His people, and so He'll do the same for you, and He'll do the same for me today. So, Amen. Man, appreciate everybody watching today, and and um, oh, this blesses you. Please share this. The others, uh, we're kind of just right now in our first series of podcasts, Brother Russell. We're doing the Word. It's kind of been my thing over the years. I've been known as a word preacher. I'm sure we'll do some new th- stuff in the future, but I feel comfortable right here, and I hope it blesses somebody. Yes, sir. Anything else? That's it. God bless you. We'll see you next time.